What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fitness Oracle. We are going to be going about doing stuff a little bit different um, moving forward. We need to take this to the next level. We need to take the Fitness Oracle from the top 10%, which to all of you out there that are listening to us, that have downloaded our, our, our podcast and who have uh, supported us through this, uh, this journey, my heartfelt thank you. Uh, there are words that I cannot um, say to express how much gratitude I have for you. But we here at the Fitness Oracle need to ramp stuff up in order for us to make a greater impact into this world and to help men become better uh, mentally uh, through, you know, holistic, holistic ways and uh, try to avoid that unavoidable end, which not really is an end. But today, uh, regardless, so just to know, just to let you guys know, we are going to be moving to a different uh, way of doing things, which would be a daily show, just because there's, there's I'm, I'm starting to see the more interest in, in, in everything that we're doing. So we need to ramp our, I need to ramp my stuff up in order to provide you guys with more content, better content, and all that amazing stuff. Today, we sit down with Joshua Ford. He is the CEO of Hip Train. Uh, he is passionate about giving affordable solutions to the public when it comes to personal training and creating affordable and accessible wellness services for people of all income levels. Joshua has created, like I said, Hip Train. And when he told me what the price is a month for his services, it blew me away because I was. Like, how are you even doing, how are you even staying in business when, when, when you, when you're doing this? And he's like, it's remarkable what, how many people are hopping on board. I will be hopping on board. I am going to be a member of hip, hip train. Um, the price itself is you just, you can't say no to it. You can't say no to it. Seven bucks a month is nothing for a personal trainer. For, let's wrap our heads around this. A personal trainer, I charge my clients $100 an hour in order to get on that table. He's charging $7 a month for you to get onto his platform. And um, I will be one of those, uh, one of those I'll, I'll promise you, because uh, the importance of having a personal trainer in your life, um, which we talk about extensively in this podcast, is... Um, the mental health aspect alone is like next level. We talk about how important having a personal trainer in your life really is the relationship that you create with your trainer and how it, it can impact your life to have somebody not a part of your circle where you can actually communicate with and talk about your problems, your issues and come with a third party point of view and a third party solution, if you will. Uh, we talk about the importance of why personal, why personal, having a personal trainer in your life is so important when it comes to staying motivated and being held accountable in your endeavors, which in my case, in our case, it is you know exercise, holistic living, living a healthy, healthy, happy life. Um, and we also talk at the end, we talk about a very, 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 uh, very, very 
deep and very huge project, uh, something that I am a huge advocate of, and I have been since 2009, and it's basically uh, becoming a healthier healthier as a society. And we talk about the importance of trying to transition from a sick system, sick healthcare system to a health healthcare system. This is a huge topic. It's a massive project. Billions of dollars could potentially be at risk for some people, some people. And instead of uh, going from a reactive uh, healthcare medical system that we're currently living in into a proactive healthcare medical system, it's it's very interesting topic, and you need to listen to this to right to the end because it, it's 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 a juicy juicy topic and something that I have been pushing, I have been trying to work towards since two thousand and nine. And it's just been roadblock after roadblock. And you'll, you'll get more from Josh when, uh, when we go into it in, into, further deep, in, into further detail. Anyways, I've wasted more of your time. Let's get into the show. I really, really, really hope you guys enjoyed this show. There's tons of amazing gold nuggets in here. Um, and again, I wish you guys all the best and uh, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fitness Oracle, where we have real conversations with real people just like you, with real stories just like yours, and this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Joshua Ford from HipTrain. Joshua is the CEO and co-founder of HipTrain. As the son of two teachers, he is passionate about creating more affordable and accessible wellness services for people of all incomes. Prior to starting HipTrain, he was an early employee and served for three years as head of global business development at Candid, a venture-backed company focusing on marketing and making oral health more accessible and affordable. He previously led strategic partnerships in Latin America for Uber. He also worked for the White House, FIFA, both South Africa and Brazil. IBM, Endeavor, and the Gap Partnership. He has served on the Board of Trustees for HOBY, Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership International, EACEF, East African Children's Education Fund, the Dare to Dream Travel Scholarship, and Broughton Travel Fellowship. Joshua is Joshua was Fulbright Scholar in Mexico, where he researched entrepreneurship in emerging markets and was Moorhead Kane Scholar in the Honors Program at the University of North Carolina at Ch- Chapel Hill, where he earned his BA in Global Studies. Joshua, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. That's a long intro. It makes me sound very old, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, you're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's life in New York? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's, it's, we're finally getting to the time of year. It's, it's April 9th today. And 
finally getting to the time of year where the sun is shining. We can go out without a winter coat. And so these are the kind of couple of months of year that we live for as New Yorkers. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, back and forth in New York in 2009 uh, from Toronto to New York. Uh, I always enjoyed coming to New York because it was a little bit warmer because it yeah. was a little bit more south in Toronto. That's right. Yeah, barely any warmer, but but it is a little bit. Oh, trust me, it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how's Hip Train coming along? Yeah, it's great. Um, we are really, really excited about what we're doing, what we're offering. Um, so Hip Train is a live personal training, all done via video conference for just $6.99 a session. So for less than a salad, you can get a, a world-class certified trainer who's going to put together workouts for you, uh, work out with you, count your reps, correct your form, uh, and encourage you, right? We all need a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of accountability. Um, and the model is one which you work out with the same exact trainer every single time, right? So you really build a bond, a friendship, a relationship with your trainer over time. And we've seen that uh, our members have, have really loved that and have really started to see results already. That's awesome. And um, $6.99, I mean... You and I both know how expensive trainers can be. I yeah. mean, that's really a steal. Yeah, it, it's it's core to our mission, right? Our, our whole mission is to make personal consumer wellness affordable and accessible for everybody, right? Um, you know, we didn't invent personal training. Right? Personal training has been around for, for decades and decades and decades, right? And when you look and say, okay, how do the billionaires and millionaires and celebrities and movie stars and professional athletes train? Well, pretty much across the board, they have personal trainers. It's just not really been all that accessible for your normal person. And so for us, our, our mission is to keep pricing as low as possible, um, where we can offer incredible training, but at an affordable price point. What was the trigger for you to start hip training? Yeah, really, it was, it was somewhat of a personal trigger, right? Um, throughout the years, I've, you know, kind of yo-yo, like, like many people, yo-yoed in terms of being in shape, out of shape, gaining weight, losing weight, um, working out consistently, not working out consistently, eating well, not eating well. And the one thing that has kept me the most accountable is having someone to do it with, whether that's a friend, a brother to do it with, or a personal trainer. And so um, when COVID hit, um, obviously everybody's routines everywhere in the world were shook up, right? No matter what you were doing prior, you are no longer doing, right? And so I really sat down and said, okay, how do we help people through this time and help people with physical health, but also their emotional health and their mental health. And, um, you know, I, I know we'll get into it a little bit later, but, but for me personally, working out is really a, more for my mental health than it is for my physical health. And so, um, and we think that like social relationship that we can form between our trainers and our members is really key. So um, hip train really was something that I wanted to see in the world. I wanted myself to be able to afford a trainer. Uh, I wanted my parents who were both school teachers to be able to afford a trainer. And so, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of have this entrepreneur mind, which says, if it doesn't exist in the world, and you really think it's, it's valuable, you got to go build it. And, and that's how we started hip train. Um. There's something there that I wanted to talk about that wasn't on the on, on the list, but it's it's quite important because this is the whole basis of why I created the fitness oracles because of the COVID impact and how it has affected uh, people's routines and it threw it completely out of spiral, and uh, it's left a lot of people searching for answers like where do I live, how do I live now, and 
you know, there's some places in the world that are still um, locked down. Yep. I know back in Toronto, everything is, everything isn't locked down, but we have, they have this, uh, I'm calling it the Stockholm syndrome where everything has been lifted, but everybody still wants to wear their masks. Yep. How do you, how, how much of an impact do you think like COVID has had on these people and what steps can they kind of get out of it? Yeah. Well, I think COVID is, is, is unique in that it's a shared experience for every single person, every single place in the world. Right. And it wasn't a one week thing like many of us thought it might be right. It, it dragged on really at its, you know, for, for two years for the most part in most places of the world. And so, like I said, every single person was thrown out of a routine, right. They had to adjust on the fly. Um, and, you know, many people lost someone to, to the disease and, uh, you know, are dealing with that. Many people lost work because of COVID. Many people moved uh, geographically because of COVID. And so this is not just kind of a, a blip in the radar, but this is something that's that's runs very deep for many, many people. And so I think that as we hopefully move on from COVID, and obviously COVID is still out there, right? When you go and you open up the news every single day, you see somebody who, somebody famous who, who has COVID now, right? And, you know, I think that we're going to, as a society, have to learn a little bit of you know, what is the new normal and, and where does the world go to? Um, but I think that ultimately um, COVID really exacerbated a lot of things for folks, right? And so I think, you know, social isolation, loneliness, these are things that COVID didn't create, but they got a lot deeper, right? And I think that that's something that I, and all of us at Hip Train are, are really keen to dig into and help provide solutions is we don't want anyone to feel like they're alone out there, right? And you know, I'm happy to share some stories of, of members of ours, but when we go and we talk to our members about why they love hip train and why they come onto the platform two times, three times a week for 30 or 60 minutes with their trainer, and they've done this for month after month after month, what they tell us is not so much, hey, I need to work out and I want to work out. It's, I have a really close relationship with my trainer. I, you know, I love Juan, I love Matilda, I love Flavia, and I can't really like think of not showing up, right? Like these are, these are my friends. And if you actually take a step back and think about how many people in your life on a regular basis, right? On a weekly basis, you spend an hour or two hours on video conference with, that number is really, really small, right? For a lot of people, it's zero, right? And for others, it might be one, two, three people, but that means that our, our trainers are in the top, top three, top four, of people that you spend quality time with on a weekly basis. And that's really, really powerful. It definitely is. And we're going to get to, we're going to get into the importance of having a personal trainer in just a little bit. Um, but I wanted to uh, shift gears a little bit. Well, not shift gears, but more on the side of like focus a little bit more on uh, the impact that exercise really does have uh, on mental health. And when you remove exercise from somebody, the impact that it can have. So let's focus right now on, you know, how can exercise, in your opinion, improve someone's mental state of mind? Sure. Yeah, well, you know, I'll speak for myself, because I think everybody has their own kind of unique, you know, mental health. And, um, and so I, I'll tell you for myself, when I'm exercising, you know, I'm so worried about breathing or about doing another push-up, or you know, my muscles hurting or being sore that everything else kind of melts away, right? It's like the one time where I'm not getting 
text messages on my phone. I'm not getting emails come in. I'm not hearing like the, the constant vibration of, of technology that surrounds my life, right? When I'm working out is kind of my zen of being removed from all of that, right? And again, you're just kind of distracted. You know, I, I, I've never really liked running, right? I've never kind of been one of those folks that just likes running. But what I will say is when I go for a run, because I'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other and I'm trying to get oxygen in my lungs, everything else melts away. I just, I don't have like the mental capacity to think about anything else, right? And so for me, it's, it's actually a very meditative thing to work out because it allows me to just kind of focus in on the here, on the here and the now and tune out all of the noise. And, and really, you know, I think particularly in, in the day and age that we live, you know, our mind, you know, we're constantly stimulated, right? Whether that's through social media or that's through work or that's through smartphones, and whether that's through living in big urban environments, that it's really, really powerful to kind of have this turn off of, of the brain and, and just focus. So for me, that's a big part of why exercise helps. And I think there's a piece where it also just tires your body out, right? Like after you're done working out, you, you, you've spent, right? You've spent a lot of energy and, and, and a lot of that pent up energy is, is now gone, right? And so I, I find that, um, even on vacation, it's really important for me before I go lay out on the beach for the rest of the day and read a book that I work out. Because if I don't, I'll be out on the beach and I'll, I will feel the energy pent up and feel anxious the entire time and actually not be able to enjoy it very much. And so even on vacation, that's why I have to go and get, you know, maybe I don't work out the same, uh, you know, rigor that I would on a normal day, but it's really important for me to, to kind of get, get out the, the energy and, and the anxiety um, at the beginning of the day. You said something interesting there. You said something that, um, you know, running puts you in a meditative state. Um, I know a lot of runners, they listen to music. When I go for a run, the rare time that I go for a run, I don't listen to music because I agree with you. I think um, when you do running properly, I'm too busy to listen to music because I need to focus on my breathing. I need to focus sure. on my steps. Uh, so my question to you is, do you listen to music when you're on? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. So I laugh because I have tried it all, right? I've tried, you know, going with friends and talking. But of course, you know, I last about 10 minutes maximum before I'm out of breath and can't carry a conversation any longer. So that doesn't really work. Uh, I've tried podcasts. Uh, I've tried music. I've tried nothing. Um, and ultimately, I usually will listen to music. But if you were to ask me the songs that play during the run, I wouldn't be able to name a single one. And I saw that with podcasts. I would listen to these, you know, murder mystery podcasts or kind of edge of your seat podcasts. And I would have absolutely no clue what happened. And then the next day when I would go for a run, I would play the exact same episode. And I would do that over and over and over again. And it was just kind of white noise at, at that point for me. So really, I, I do usually listen to music, but I, I don't really capture it. It's, it's just kind of in the background. And I, I certainly am not paying much attention to it. I just completely got rid of it. I'm like, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't be bouncing up and down and have stuff, ear, yeah. AirPods yeah. in my ears. It just bothers me. Yeah. Um, another thing that actually I really wanted to talk about is uh, something that a lot of people um, in my past, it's as a trainer and myself as well, is, uh, you know, what happens to the client when, they go on vacation. So you have, they have this great routine going with a trainer and they, they say, they say to the trainer, you know what, I'm going for two weeks to Belize. And all of a sudden two weeks, they gain like 10 pounds. And you're like, what happened? Like, come on, all this hard yeah. work. Um, 
you said that you exercise, but not to the extent that you actually exercise when you're at home. Yeah. Do you do like regular exercises do you, or do you, are you like me, like where you just would rather go on an adventure? Like yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both. And it's actually one of the reasons that we've set up hip train the way we have. So hip train, all of our training is done via video conference. And so it's literally built to meet you wherever you are, whether that's in your office, at your home, in a hotel room. I, I was on the road this week for work. And I just did my hip train sessions in the hotel room, right? Like the hotel gym was, was not very good. It wasn't very nice. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to do it between my two double beds and, and set it up and was able to get an incredible workout in. So, you know, it's, it's actually something that we've thought a lot about at hip train is how do we do this so that you don't fall out of that routine so that you don't put on 10 pounds? Because the problem I think is you work so hard to lose 10 pounds and it's so easy to gain 10 pounds, right? You don't need to work too hard to gain. Unfortunately, for most people, you don't have to work too hard to gain it. Um, that's never been a problem I've had. And, you know, we want to make sure that, that we're able to kind of like be where our members are. And that could be everything from vacation to work trips, to visiting family or whatever it might be um, to moving cities, right? We actually have a lot of clients who have moved cities and said, Hey, I used to have a personal trainer when I lived in Chicago, but now I live in Miami and I, I just don't know anybody in Miami. I don't have a trainer. And, you know, now I'm kind of floating out there in the ether and I really need someone to help you know, stabilize me and get me back on track and keep me accountable. So that's, you know, when I've traveled now, I, I use hip train. Um, but I think that even prior, I would, yeah, I, I am definitely someone who will, will jump at a chance to go kayak or go on a hike or, you know, something that's not maybe a gym workout, but still gets you active and still allows you to kind of be, be where you are and, and enjoy the, the scenery. Awesome. That's really awesome. Um, it actually does sound like you actually, um, solve the question of what happens when you stop yeah. at, at, as um, you don't stop. What about the people that do stop? What impact have you seen when a person has stopped training um, for their mental health? Because of physical, physical repercussions. I mean, you get cheeks like I do now, like I haven't had a proper workout since two years. Well, we got to get you on hip train. We'll, we'll fix that for you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this after the podcast, but we'll we'll get you on there and we'll we'll get okay. the we'll get the cheeks taken care of. <laughs> sounds okay. Sounds like a deal. <laughs> um, but for every for everybody else, what impact have you seen um, physically and psychologically to a person who has stopped working with a trainer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look. I, I, Obviously, there are lots of different ways to work out, right? So we do think that having a personal trainer is really special. And we think that it helps, you know, personalize things to your own body and to your goals. We think it really, really helps with accountability. We, we think that social relationship is really important. But, you know, some people will stop working out with a trainer because they found something else, right? They found a gym they love going to. They're training for a marathon. and They're going to use the time that they were in hip training classes to then, you know, go and, and run outside. Um so, you know, sometimes they continue on with their healthy habits and they continue exercising, but um, it is really easy. You know, the holidays come up and all of a sudden you take off a week and you say, okay, maybe I'll take off two weeks and you quickly get into this, this rut. Right. And so um, we really try hard to make sure that we, we stay in touch with our clients and our members and, and invite them back and invite them to, to come back. And, and, and actually you'd be surprised at how many people say, Hey, I need to pause it. I'm getting married. I'm going on my honeymoon. We just had this happen with a couple of our members. Um, I'm on my honeymoon for a couple of weeks, but please, please, please email me when I'm back because I need you 
to get me back, right? Like I need you to actually make the phone call and, you know, guilt trip me to come back. And our clients are actually asking us to do that, right? And so I, I do think um, our function as hip train is not only to be a personal trainer, but it's to be a friend, it's to be a buddy, it's to be a therapist in many ways, right? That we can just help people through whatever they're going through and be adaptable, right? Like one of the things that's really, really important for us is we don't believe in annual contracts. We don't believe in locking people into doing things. Like we actually think there's a lot of perverse incentives with how the fitness world is set up, right? Gyms want you to come in. They're going to charge you this massive initiation fee. They're going to lock you into a year long contract. And then as soon as you pay them, they don't want you to come anymore. <laughs> like they're hoping that you don't show up so that the gym will be emptier and easier for everybody that does show up. And for us, we're the exact opposite, right? Like everybody gets a first free week to make sure it's the right fit, right? We don't even ask for your credit card, right? We just want you to come in and try it and make an informed decision if that works or doesn't work. And then we'll be adaptable to what you need and what you want, right? So if you need to take a week off, no problem, right? Like you take a week off. If you want to take a month off, no problem. Like we, we want to actually be there for our members, rather than trap them into these, you know, <laughs> contracts that, that really aren't in the benefit of the member. I can attest to that. Yeah. I can personally attest to that from being a personal trainer. Um, I know what the big box gyms do to people and it's actually scary sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we've been touching up on this next question the whole time that we've been talking for the past 20, 22 minutes. Uh, why does somebody need a personal trainer? But what, so let's let let's skip that one. In um, sure, personal training to me is a very unique. Um, it's a very unique field because you're dealing with so much, so many different um, aspects. Uh, do you do you believe that? Do you think it's better for a person for let's say a personal trainer or a client? that's looking for a personal trainer. Do you think that it's important for the, for that client to be looking for a personal trainer has a professionals in their network? Yes. Yeah, so, so, no, I don't necessarily know if you need um, someone in your network to be your trainer necessarily. Right. But I do think that like you, you definitely want to build a relationship with your trainer. Right. And, and you want to make sure that you're on the same page and, you know, you, you should be looking for trainers who are, qualified, right, who are certified trainers, who know how the human body works, who can, you know, if you have any, you know, specific limitations or injuries that they understand that, right, and, and like every, like you said, good personal training should be completely different for every single person, right, like, John, you and I shouldn't have the same workout, right, if we have the same trainer, we shouldn't have the same workout, because inevitably, we have two different bodies, we got different amounts of sleep last night, we have different goals, and so, I think that like one of the things that we are really, really keen on at hip train is making sure that they're in the like 8,000 sessions that we've done at hip train, we've yet to have two that are the same, right? Because we don't want, like, that's not what personal training is. That's just group fitness at that point. Right. And there are tons of different options on group fitness that you can get out there. But for us, it's really important that every single session is, is unique. It's tailored to the member, tailored to their body, tailored to what they can do, what they can't do, what they want, where they want to go. Um, and like I said, it, it mean, it's even as granular as how much sleep did you get last night or how sore are you today from, you know, the work that you did yesterday. And so there are definitely days where I show up to my personal training session. I say, man, I'm exhausted. I've had, I just went for a run. I just want to stretch. I want to come on here and I want to spend 30 minutes just stretching recovery. Um, 
you know, maybe do a little bit of yoga. And then there are other times where I say like, absolutely destroy me, right? Put me through burpees, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, make me so sore that I can barely get up tomorrow. Um, and that's just going to change, you know, every single session based on, on where my body is and how I feel. I'm laughing because last Sunday I did uh, calves for the first time. I started walking. We're recording this on Saturday. I started walking on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, you know, it's crazy too, is um, with hip train, you don't actually need any equipment, right? If you have equipment, your train will incorporate it, but you can literally do this with just your body weight in your apartment, in your house. Right. And I've had so many friends who are in good shape, who are good athletes say, well, I, look, like, I don't think that's going to do much for me. And I swear every single time <laughs> I get a text two days later from their session saying everything hurts. <laughs> Right. Like I had no idea that it just could be that effective. And again, that's where a personal trainer is just an expert, because I, I may know from some, you know, as someone who's worked out most of my life, I probably know a hundred different exercises. Right. But a personal trainer is going to know a thousand. Right. Like their knowledge and their ability to just adapt things. And it's amazing to me, like the exercises that I think I'm doing well from a form perspective. And my trainer says like, oh, no, just tilt 15 degrees this way. How much more that that hurts, right? And how much better of an exercise it is. And it's little, little tweaks. But those are the things that I think for me is why I per like as a client love personal training, because I may do a push up, but they're going to tell me to angle my hands a little bit differently, or they're going to tell me to go down a little bit lower, a little bit slower. And then the next day, inevitably, the 15 pushups, the 20 pushups that I did, I'll feel much more than if I had just done them on my own in the gym said something there that I want to talk touch up on as a client yeah physical stuff but there is also a psychological aspect that you make with your trainer I know a lot about my clients spouses yeah a lot yeah more yeah. than their spouses know about themselves about about yeah. how important do you think that the personal trainer in the client's life really is to the client yeah I, I think they're incredibly important. Like we said, you know, of, of the people that you spend time with each week, like there's a very, very small number of people that you spend a couple hours a week on video conference with, right? And you choose to do that, right? You might have to deal with coworkers because you work together, right? But, but this is a choice, right? So I think they're incredibly important. You know, it's very, very common for, you know, a trainer to get an invitation to someone's wedding, right? It's very, very common to be on the holiday card list, right? It's very, very common um, for them to know their kids that, you know, so, so that relationship is incredibly strong and deep. And I think that like, when you think about it, um, we did a customer discovery call a couple of weeks ago with a lady who, who's been a member for the last four or five months with hip train. And she said to me, she said, Josh, I know this sounds strange, but I've always joked about wanting to go to the hairdresser on a more regular basis, but my hair just doesn't grow fast enough. Right. But she said, what hip train has become for me is the hairdresser because I can come two times a week and I can just talk and I can gossip and I can tell them anything and they don't have any connection to my spouse, my kids, my neighbors. And she said, and I know it sounds weird that I'm on a fitness app, but I'm using it for like social interaction, but I can't tell you like how much I enjoy it. And she said, sometimes I just sit there and I stretch and I just talk for 30 minutes and I log off. And, 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 and it really made me pause and say, wow, like that's, not exactly why we started hip train, but it's an amazing use case, right? And I think it goes back to 
the importance of having those social ties. And there's like millions of studies around this of how important it is to have people in your life that you can talk to that understand you and what that does to mental health, emotional health, health, psychological health, physical health. Um, and so I'm, I'm really proud that um, we're able to do that, even though we really started hip train predominantly to focus on that physical piece. Yeah, and I got into personal training for the physical piece. And uh, many, many times I've had almost, I should have pulled out a bed or a long couch and have the client just lay yeah. down, yeah. talk to me about stuff. Yeah. It, it just, it's part of the job. It totally is. And I think that like even having them work out during it, right? There's a lot of studies around like walking and talking with someone and why that's that's actually very meditative for, for folks, even with someone else, right? Because it kind of gets your mind, like you, you feel more comfortable, right? Like sitting on a couch and just staring at someone can be a bit awkward, but while you're working out and doing things, you're, you're somewhat distracting, you're, some, you're distracting yourself away from kind of that, the therapy that's actually happening. Yeah, it's... Um... It really is. It really is. Um, many times, many times I talk to myself when I walk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm the crazy guy that walks around talking to himself. It helps. It helps. Yeah. No, I mean, it really is helpful to just kind of think through things and, and for some people talk things through out loud. Um, and again, having someone who, who's there and gets to know you and can help you, I think is really, really powerful. Powerful? Do you think it like really? Well, we've said it's powerful, but um, do you think that there's a comfort level speaking to somebody else about the issues that's going on with somebody's life while working out or just going for a walk or whatever? Do you think it's like? Do you think there's uh, like a, just because this person is not the, connected to my circle? Sure. Do you think it's I have a safe buffer to talk to this person? I definitely think there's an element of psychological safety there, right? There, you know, you know, they're not going to report back, right? There's no chance that you're going to walk the dog and run into this person, right? And so I absolutely think there's a that safety buffer there for folks. I also just think that, and it's important to note that it's not just negative things, right? It's sometimes positive things where they want to brag on their grandkids and they want to talk about, you know, their promotion at work. And, and so it, sure, it may be things that are, 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 are negative or, or that they're going through. But I think on the flip side, it's also, you know, I, I, they want to talk about getting engaged. They want to talk about their wedding and the stress of planning a wedding. We have a ton of people who are on our platform who are getting ready for their wedding. And again, it's not just that they want to look a certain way for their wedding. It's that, you know, planning a wedding is an incredibly stressful event, right? And so it's a, it's a great outlet for them to release some of that stress, uh, you know, in a really healthy way, right? And so I think it's both positive and negative that they share, but just having someone, and again, I think that if you were to ask your average person out there, they really just don't have all that many outlets to share the positive or the negative things or the mundane things, right? The things that no, like, you're not going to call someone and like talk about walking your dog. Like, that's just like not newsworthy, right? But you may actually talk about that with your trainer. People who are like severe introverts, yeah. They have a hard time connecting with people. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's where I think um, the EQ of a trainer is really important, right? Like a trainer has to have strong acumen and, and understanding of how the human body works, right? They're, like, their job first and foremost is that physical component. But when we look at trainers to put on the hip train, uh, to, to have on hip train, 
we look at their EQ and their ability to, to read the room, their, read, their, their ability to like accommodate different types of people, right? Like I have some friends that I know for a fact that use hip train and they are not looking to have a conversation, right? They're looking for a workout. They're looking for, you know, they put on music um, during it and it, you know, they have the trainer there and the trainer's helping them, they're coaching them and, and that, but there is not that relationship where, you know, they get to know each other's kids' names and they get to know each other's pets and they get to know like what they did this past weekend, right? And I know that there are other people on the platform that, you know, probably spend 99% of the session talking back and forth with the trainer and sharing every single detail of their lives. And so I think that like, it's on us to make sure that our trainers are equipped on either side and everybody in between, right? That whole spectrum of how much do you want to share? And there's definitely days where, you know, I have a lot going on where I said, you know what, I'm not really here for the social. I do want to work out. I'm not, I, I, yeah, I don't really want to spend a ton of time socializing. And then there are other days where I say, Hey, I'm actually more here for the social than I am for the physical. Um, I think it's, uh, I think that's, that, that's really great because it's, uh, it's, uh, really, it's really something that a lot of gyms don't look at the EQ of the person of the personal trainer to be able yeah. to study a room. So when you, when you add that, you can, you can judge whether or not that trainer is going to be successful or not in, in this industry, because learning about the body is not hard. I mean, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is, it, it can be when you start specializing, but, you know, learning to make that connection, that human connection with a person. Um, have you come into any hard clients to be able to connect with them? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, you know, I think that's always going to be part of the part of this, right, is that you have different clients and unique clients that have, you know, their own way of doing things, right? And and that's even like as a manager, right? When I think about my team at Hip Train, um, management or leadership is going to, like, it's never easy. You may kind of create a methodology and create your style, but you're always going to have somebody who it just doesn't work for. And you're going to have to adapt to it. And you're going to have to try different things. And there's this experimentation piece of the puzzle, right? And that's with a client with personal training, as much as it is with, you know, management of, of, of employees, where you say, okay, this is my style. This is my de facto way of doing things. But for these three or four individuals, that doesn't fly, right? And so I've got to adapt. And I may not even know the answer, right? Where I've got to try different things. And I've got to just see what you know, what sticks and it may take me, you know, there's always that person in the neighborhood or that someone who you just can't break through. And then it turns out, you know, six weeks later, six months later, six years later, you finally break the barrier and you're able to connect. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you have hundreds and hundreds of, of, of members, you will, you will have a little bit of everything, right? Like there is no, like I said, we've never done two classes of the same thing. And we've never really had two members that are the exact same either, right? And that's kind of the fun part of, of personal training, right? Is that like every single thing is, is personalized. And that's, for me, when I think about why is personal training better than these group fitness classes, right? Than these connected hardware businesses, ultimately it's because it's based for you, right? Like Peloton or Obey Fitness or any of these, they're amazing companies, right? And they put together really, really good content but the content's not for John and it's not for Josh and it's not for Sarah and it's not for Laura and it's not for anybody, right? It's just kind of broad strokes. And so what we're doing is we're literally putting together a class for John, a class for Josh, 
a class for Sarah, a class for Laura, right? And like I said, you may even have to adapt it on the fly, right? Like my trainer on hip train probably hates me because I get on and I say, hey, like, I know that I told you I wanted to work on my biceps or I wanted to work on my uh, abs or I wanted to work on, you know, injury prevention in my calf, my right calf. But today I actually want to do something different, right? And, and they have to have kind of the, the know-how to totally adjust on the fly to what the client wants. Um, it's funny. It's funny you said that because uh, a couple of years ago when I was taking a business course, uh, people were surprised at how fast I can change my personality. And it's like, well, I am a personal trainer and yeah. working for a big box gym that offers 30 minute sessions. Your personality has to change every 30 minutes. Yep. Yeah, you absolutely. have to. Because yep. like you said, no two clients are the same. The idiosyncrasies of one person is completely different than the other person. A hundred percent. Yeah. Even twins are completely different. Um, uh, yeah, it's true. It's a hundred percent. And like I said, even the same person is going to change a little bit, right? Like you may be in a different mood today than you are tomorrow and your trainer's going to have to read that and, and adjust to that and, and, you know, be there for you and, and really just, uh, you know, we say this all the time, but our job is to meet our members where our members are. Right. And we have everybody from people who have not worked out in 30 years, who have mustered up the strength and the confidence to try to, you know, to try something new, right. And to make a significant life change. We have former Olympians who are in incredible shape on the platform, right. We have women who are seven months pregnant, who are looking to you know, keep moving while, while pregnant and be very careful, careful and cautious. We have women who are postpartum and are saying, Hey, I have a, you know, a little bit of a different body than I used to. And I need some help you know, with this new body, we have people with, you know, who have torn an ACL and are finally cleared by their doctor to get back to working out, but obviously are apprehensive and, and really cautious on, you know, doing any further damage to, to their knee. And so, you know, it, it's interesting, because you just have this like wide array of, of client profiles. And then, like you said, from an emotional side or from a personality side, you also have all these different components, right? Just because these 10 customers are, are, are coming back from a torn ACL, does not mean that they're anything alike, right? Like they may, be, you, you may have 10 unique cases underneath the torn ACL category. Yeah, a hundred made sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, the kind of like, kind, we're kind of moving into the next segment, which is like, we're, we're going to be talking about motivation and accountability. Yeah. Um, you've seen it before. I guarantee you've seen it before. The guy or the girl who's uh, back into it and they're like gung-ho on it. They're like, yeah, 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 rah, rah, rah. Let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Three weeks later, they're like, they uh, fall off the track. Yeah. Um, and that for me is motivation. And for me personally, motivation is a killer for most people. How effective do you find motivation really is and how do you keep that fire under them? Yeah. Well, well it, it's the number one thing that our, like our number one job is to keep people accountable and motivated full stop. Right. And that's why people come to us, right? When we, when we get new members and they sign up and they tell us what they're looking for, oh, it's about 40% of folks will call it out right then and there. I need help staying accountable. I need help staying motivated. Right. And the fact is, they're already ahead of the curve, right? Because they're reaching out for help, right? So they have, whether it's just a flash in the pan or some, you know, they have a degree of motivation just by signing up for this, right? But our job is to help people, right? It's crazy that there's literally a day on the calendar in January that's called quitting day, 
that gyms know that's the day that you know people come in January 1st and I think it's January 10th is quitting day, right? And, and they know it's like an industry-wide thing where like, oh yeah, this is the day where people will no longer come to this thing, right? And so it's normal. This is the normal and that's what we have to fight. Like we have to actually fight against the inertia to get some accountability, get some momentum and then drop off and, and, and stop, right? Um, and, you know, I, I said this actually last night at dinner with some friends. It is really, really hard to stay motivated, right? Because you work out, you work out and you say, okay, like I feel a little better, but I'm a little sore, right? And I don't really like beans. I mean, nobody really likes being sore, right? And, okay, like, oh, man, I'd rather stay in bed and, and watch a little bit more TV or I'd rather, you know, read a book, or I'd rather just start work and not go to the gym right now. And it's really, really hard to stay accountable. And that's where we think that a personal trainer is the number one way to stay accountable because you have that relationship, right? And again, if everybody had a best friend that would come and knock on your door every single day and say, okay, John, let's go work out. That would work too, right? Like that would totally do the job, right? And when I think about my own life, the times that I've been most in shape have been when I had a roommate that was going to work out with me when I was on a sports team and there was an inherent accountability where I had to go to practice and games. And I had coaching, right? It's, you know, when I played in a league for four nights a week, like those are the times where I was in the best shape because there are built-in accountability mechanisms. But unfortunately, the average person is just kind of floating out there in the world relatively autonomously. And our job is to link them with another human who shares their goals who shares their incentive structure and can help them stay tethered. And so they don't get into this kind of uh, snowball effect where you're running down the hill and it gets harder and harder and harder to stop rolling once you kind of roll into the kind of the, the bad habits. It's funny you said that. Um, actually, I in Toronto, I did have one of my closest friends, uh, my, my longest friends. Um, him and I were always in the gym when... Uh, when I didn't feel like going, he'd have some choice words for me. And yeah. come, like you said, come to my door, drag me by my heels, throw me in his car and off yeah. to the gym we went. Yeah. Why do you think people are so finicky when it comes to um, improving their, themselves and, you know, not holding, coming up with excuses not to better themselves? Yeah. Well, I think that ultimately, and again, I'll speak for myself. I think that what it comes down to is like deep down, you want to improve yourself, right? But in order to do that, it's a series of small choices, right? It's, I want dessert or I want another beer or I want, you know, I don't really want to go and exert myself and sweat and, and be in pain, right? Like I've always said that it's, even for someone who likes working out, who has a fitness business, I don't like, here's a secret, John. I don't like burpees, right? I, I don't like running. There's a whole, like, we could spend the next hour of me just listing the things that I don't actually really like that much, right? Now, I see the value, but that's why I think for me, just personally, having a trainer to make me do burpees, you know how many burpees I would do in 2022 if I didn't have a trainer? Probably zero, <laughs> like, like quite literally zero, right? And the fact that I was forced to do you know, 15 of them, you know, this past week for my trainer, well, it's 15 more than I normally would do for the entire year if I was left to my own devices. So, you know, again, I think it's just, it's hard, right? And it's, you know, working out can be painful. And I think for, for a lot of folks, they, they actually don't even know where to start, right? And, and many people, 
either, you know, haven't worked out since being in, in high school and having to go to physical education classes. And they, they actually just feel uncomfortable, right? And there's a big, um, I think this is a big kind of component for many of our members is they actually don't feel comfortable going to a gym. And so what hip train allows them to do is do that in the safety of their own house, right? And again, there's that anonymity, like the, the anonymous nature of this where the trainer doesn't know who I am. Nobody like that lives near me is going to see me. This is not going to be put on Instagram. I'm going to be laughed at. Like I'm in a safe spot. And so I think that there's a, a piece of this puzzle too, where people say, I don't know what to do. I don't look like an idiot. And again, like even for someone who, you know, has gone to the gym for 35 years, like there are machines in the gym that I, I actually legitimately don't know how to use, right? Like I, I don't know how to use them. I don't know what they do. I don't know where uh, I put my head here or I put my head here. I, I, I honestly like legitimately don't know how to use them. And I think there's a lot of people who feel that way about 90% of the machines in the gym, right? And so I think that, um, you know, part of it, it's hard to do. Part of it's that they actually don't know what to do. And part of it's like, they just don't know where to start, right? Like in the fitness space, and you know this job, but there's kind of two major challenges, right? There's the cold start. How do I go from the couch to the gym, right? And that's a really, really tough hill to get over, right? And then there's the retention, right? How do I keep doing it and not be on January 10th, being my last day in the gym for the year, right? How do I avoid quitting day? Um, and, and I think those are the things where everybody who, who's in the health space really has to be focused on is how do we help people fight against the inertia and the natural human nature. And I think it's important to say, like, this is normal, right? So don't beat yourself up because this is you, right? I'm talking to you as a CEO of a fitness brand. It's me too, right? Like I have been there many times in my life, right? If we were to go back and look at photos over the last kind of few decades of me, you can, you can easily tell what's happening, you know, like what's happening and when I'm in a good spot, when I'm in a bad spot. And like I said, for me, I've actually seen that my physical health is mirroring my mental health. And so really it's when I, when I'm in a good spot from a diet and exercise perspective, I'm also in a relatively good spot from a mental health perspective and unfortunately vice versa. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you hit it on the, hit it, hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, uh, I've seen it too, like recently, like I signed up to local gym, local big box gym here in Florida uh, where I'm, where I'm at with my dad and 71 year old man, you know, second time that he's in the gym. And the first time was in Toronto. He was in his sixties or no, it was last, uh, it was pre pandemic. So he was in his late sixties, never set a foot in the gym before in his life. And just like you said, he didn't know where to put his head, didn't know how to sit, sit in the, in the, in the machine properly. But I think machines are, um, elusive in this in this in the sense that we have as trainers have mislabeled them as beginners because if you really look at the machine at the mechanics sorry i'm going all geeky on you all nerdy on you <laughs> so forgive me um we've really mislabeled them because they can be very they can be used for very advanced techniques yeah if you know how to use them properly yeah. um with your trainers do they, like you said, that they tweak the, um, they they tweak the, the, the workouts according to the client? Do they, do they uh, also do that while they're in the gym or while they're at home or stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. And so we have some people who 
you know, work out at home and they'd have absolutely no equipment whatsoever, right? And so they're gonna put together a class that accommodates that. We have people who have home gyms, right? And so they're gonna work through that, right? We have, you know, some members who are doing Pilates, right? They have a Pilates machine at their house and they're doing that with our instructor. Um, and then we have other people who go to the gym. And I will say like, just personally, I've done all of those things, right? Like I've done them, you know, in a hotel room with no equipment. I've done them in my home gym. I've done them at a, a, an actual gym, right? And, and it actually is a fun way to kind of spice things up and change things too, right? Where I say, okay, look, like I'm in a gym. I'm like, we have everything, right? Choose what, what machine you want me to do. And I'll go there and I'll, you know, you tell me what weight and what, what reps to do and I'll do it, right? And then there'll be times, like I said, on Wednesday, I was in a hotel room and I said, like, I don't have anything. Right? I have no, no mat, no anything, no weights, just my body. Um, and again, like I, I have actually found that regardless of whether I'm in a gym or in a hotel room, the workout you know, can be very tough, right? If that's what we're looking for, it can be incredibly tough. And um, I think that's sometimes surprising for folks and they've realized, and again, going back to making things affordable and accessible, we don't want people to have to spend a couple thousand dollars for machines. And, and you know, th there's a massive barrier there, right? Like we want people to literally be able to spend $7 for a 30 minute session with a trainer and, and that be the full spend, right? You don't need a gym membership on top of that. You don't need to spend $2,000 for equipment, right? And we believe that if you can do that and you can create, you know, something that's so affordable, the number of people who can do it will just dramatically increase. Where I want to veer off on this one is on the accountability side. Like, yeah, my dad has me. I hold him accountable. Yeah. Um, what about the person? Let's say they, let's say because of the, pandemic that we went through lost their job um they don't have no source of income they're living at home with their folks uh they have nothing available to them to you know hold them accountable to at least do something simple as in a burpee or go out for yeah. a run or a walk what's the easiest way that uh, a person can hold themselves accountable yeah well i'll tell you what i do personally and that's you know set a goal and then share the goal with other people, right? And that could be your parents, that can be your friends, that can be your significant other, that can be strangers, right? You can literally put it on the internet, right? I've seen this, um, you know, on Instagram or TikTok where someone says, hey, I'm gonna walk two miles every day for the rest of the year, right? And they're post every single day. And, and there's that like, just like public accountability. Now, no one's gonna like really care, right? Like if you don't do it, but there, there is something just, I think it's, it's kind of part of that pride of someone who says, hey, I've, I've made a promise to the world that I'm going to do this, right? And now the world expects me to do it, right? And so I do think that, um, you know, obviously I'm biased and I think that if you can afford a personal trainer, I think it with hip train, uh, you know, a lot of people can actually afford a personal trainer now. That is in a phenomenal way because in, in some way you're paying seven bucks for accountability, right? You know, someone's going to be there waiting for you. And, and, and that's pretty powerful, right? There have been a number of times, and again, I'm the CEO of a company, so I, it, of this company. So if it's happening to me. I know it's happening to people across the spectrum where I really don't want to work out that day, right? Like I have a headache. I didn't sleep great the night before. I have a lot of work to do. I'm stressed. I am in a bad mood, whatever it is, right? But ultimately my trainer who I've worked out with since June of last year, who I think incredibly highly of, who is legitimately a friend of mine, is waiting for me. And I'm not just going to like stand her up, right? I'm not just like, that's not who I am. And so I'm actually showing up 
even when I'm in a bad mood and have a headache and haven't slept well, not at all for the physical piece. It's the social piece where I said, you know what, just like with your buddy who would come and knock you on your door and drag you by the heels, you're not going to just say, hey, leave me alone to your friend, right? Even if you don't want to go, you're going to bemoan him and you're going to maybe say some choice words back to him, but you're going to like, <laughs> you're going to go, right? And you're not going to like, just stand up a friend. Basically what it sounds to me is like a strong, you build a strong community. Yeah. No matter how big that community is, whether it be one person or a hundred people or a thousand totally people. Totally right. Yeah. Another thing that really, really you and I probably both know about this is um, the industry itself, the healthcare industry. I use quotes here. If you guys yeah. are listening to this on uh, listening to this, instead of seeing it, I'm using air quotes. Um <laughs> We really live it. Like I was reading some of the answers and uh, it really struck me when you wrote this, you want to change the healthcare system to a true healthcare system from a sickness, from a sickness healthcare system that we're truly living in. This goes, this is true for Canada, US, Europe, anywhere in the world to a true healthcare system. That is a very difficult task. How, what do you see as the first step in creating a shift like this? Yeah, this, this is the thing. Of all the things that I am passionate about life, this is number one, right? It is, I am maniacally passionate about how do we change our healthcare system from a sickness one to a truly healthcare system, right? And what I mean by that is, if you look at where all of our costs are, if you look at where all of our energy lies, or almost all of it, right, called 90% of it, it's not preventative. It's not getting ahead of the problem. It's dealing with it once you already have it, right? And the fact of the matter is, when you look at just, if we just focus on the US, but as you pointed out, this is global, right? Like this is a global challenge. But if we just focus on the US right now, three out of four Americans are not getting the recommended physical activity on a weekly basis, right? And it's not crazy, it's not run a marathon, right? This is not like unobtainable and that's why three out of four people don't get it, right? When you look at, you know, the obesity rate, when you look at the morbid obesity rate, it's never been higher, right? And, and, and it's really kind of taken off over the last two decades. When you look at things like heart disease, when you look at diabetes, right? There, there've been two years in the history of the US where 100,000 people have died from diabetes last year and this year, right? And so as we look at just, and I could sit here all day long and give you a hundred more stats, but the fact of the matter is, you know, we're, we're more unhealthy than we've been in a long time in a lot of different arenas, right? And so we pour tons of money once you're already sick and we try to get you on pharmaceuticals and we try, you know, we pay for doctor's visits and chronic illnesses. My very strong belief and my very strong hope for the world is that we can actually take some of that energy and front load it, right? And say, we don't need people, we, we don't, we need to stop people before they develop chronic illnesses, before they have heart disease, before they have diabetes. And there are all these different things that we can do, whether that's in nutrition, whether that's in exercise, whether that's in, you know, screening for different things, right? When you look at like cancer or treatment, right? It's an odds game, right? You can look at this and you can say, hey, if it's caught at a stage one, early stage cancer, you've got, for almost every single cancer out there, you've got a really good shot. And conversely, if it's caught later stage, at stage three, stage four, 
on almost every single cancer, you're in trouble, right? And so everything that we can do, and again, this is not just exercise and diet. This is a whole different kind of paradigm shift of how can we get people to be more focused on the preventative nature rather than fix something that's already broke, right? And, and, and I think that for me is, you know, down the road, I would love to see, and this is independent of, of hip training, independent of, of me and my business, is that insurers and doctors are saying, we'll pay for it, right? Or governments will say, hey, we'll pay for you to go to the gym, right? We'll subsidize healthy food, right? And, and, and we'll kind of like front load all of these things. And I actually believe that if you do the math, it's going to be in everybody's financial interest rather than make healthy food the most expensive option and make gyms really expensive and personal training really expensive. And then say, oh, wait, why is everybody sick? Well, unfortunately, they couldn't afford any of these things that help keep them healthy. And that's everything from physical health, emotional health, mental health, right? All of that bucket, right? Whether that's therapists that we're paying for, nutritionists that we're paying for, personal trainers that we're paying for. Um, but I'm really, really passionate about how can we do everything in our power to get ahead of the curve and build really, really healthy communities and a healthy society that isn't going to have um, the massive number of challenges that, that, that we're facing right now. I absolutely love it. And I've been an advocate of this since 2009. Um, but there's big roadblocks from big companies out there that will yeah. that are making billions off of this. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, but I mean, it's 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 huge from the food industry to the medical industry to the uh, supplement industry to everything. And when you're talking about this, I'm all in with you. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that are all in with you on this, but the roadblocks are huge. Yeah. Uh, with that said, do you think that, do you believe that one step could be where natural healthcare providers talking about personal trainers, naturopathic doctors, um, all chiropractors, psychologists, all these great, 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 great people out there. Do you think that they should be part of a broader healthcare network? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we need to have a much more holistic view of healthcare. Right. And I think, again, that goes into therapists and mental health that goes into physical health, nutritionists, right? Like we should be equipping our youth with all of this, right. Where, you, you know, you're being taught nutrition in elementary school, right? You're being taught how to work out, what, you know, developing healthy habits. You're, you're given a therapist, right? Like there are a ton of studies that say that like a lot of this is embedded from like childhood trauma, right? And, and, and the things that you go through as a young person. And so, yeah, I, I think that we need a far more holistic kind of vantage point. And, and fundamentally, I think you're right, John, around, you know, there are... <laughs> billion dollar companies that, you know, don't really want this to happen, right? There are lobbyists that don't really want this to happen. And, and that's where I think I, I am an eternal optimist. And I think that that's one of the things that really powers us forward at hip training is we want to be that positive change. And we hope that we're not alone, right? Like some people will say, well, what if, what if a competitor comes? If a competitor comes and we make healthcare even more affordable and more accessible, I'll be the happiest person in the world. Sure, it'll make my life a little bit harder personally, right? But fundamentally, I hope that people do this in nutrition. I hope that people do this with, with you know, 
uh, therapy. I hope that, like, I hope that this is a model that people will take and will continue to, to move because I think that when you look at innovation and how we change societies, it's going to become from people like you, John, who are passionate about this, who kind of just say, you know what, enough's enough. I'm going to go build something that the world needs and that I, I really, really care about. And if we're right, and I hope that we're right, and I think that we are, I think that people will, will, will see that. And in time, you'll be able to kind of shift shift the, the narrative. And, you know, the thing is that that is not a one-year, two-year battle, right? This is a, going to be a battle for the next several hundred years. Um, but we've got to kind of, you know, got to start taking steps forward in how we're getting people healthy and how we're creating new things. And, you know, that's what we think a lot about at Hip Train is how do we evolve and how do we get even better? Right? How do we build out what we offer people? How do we build out where we meet people? How do we, you know, help children, right? Like, how do we help children with childhood obesity, right? How do we help the elderly who, you know, are going to have a different workout, but just moving around a little bit and working on balance and mobility actually has a massive impact on their quality of life and falls and all the other things that happen, right? And there are all different types of, of people that really need help. And we're constantly kind of thinking about this and thinking, okay, where else can we go and serve and where else can we go and, and be a positive force in the world? Absolutely. That's, that's great. Um, I know uh, I was talking, I used to work in a hospital IT before I lost it and came down here to Florida, the Sunshine State. But uh, I was talking to a, a colleague of mine, he's Chinese descent, and he was telling me before uh, this whole, about 100 years ago in China, the doctors used to get paid for how many healthy clients they had, not how many sick clients they had. Yeah. Do you think that could help that, that kind of shift is if we can tell our doctors you can get paid by how many healthy clients you have rather than how many sick? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing idea. Um, and I think that like, and again, this is the eternal optimist, but I really do think that doctors generally are there to help people, right? Like they, they, they go into medicine because they want to be positive forces in the world. And, and they're kind of playing in a system that's really, really tough to do that, right? And again, because there's so many people who are in need of help right now, right? Who have developed illnesses, who have chronic illnesses, who have kind of, uh, unfortunately, are quite unhealthy. They've got to spend all their time and their energy on them. And they don't even get a chance to kind of front load and, and do this preventative work. So I think it's, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of documentation around this of just like the shortage in the medical industry of trained medical professionals um, and, and kind of the upcoming shortages that we're going to have. And so that's where I think, you know, hopefully government and again, private businesses kind of can step in and say, okay, we see that there's a need and we want to get ahead of this curve. And we really want, you know, to, to, to go and build structures that pick up somebody when they're 13 or 14 or 15 or 20 or 25 rather than when they're 65 and they've had 50 years of, of, of an illness that now has compounded and now they have six illnesses. And now, you know, now we're in a real, you know, they have no quality of life and we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, I actually came from Canada, so I know what happens when government gets too, too involved in the healthcare system. Yeah. That's another reason yeah. why I'm down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, it's, it's a, you know, it, it is a tough battle across the board, right? Like th this is something that's really, really tricky. If it was easy, it would be fixed, 
right? Yeah. And I think that's important to say. It's really easy to say, hey, it doesn't, I don't like the way it works, right? But the fact is, it is really hard, right? It's really, really hard to do this. And there, there are a lot of different barriers. Um, and like I said, this is, we need a holistic approach to health, not just a one size fits all, you know, do this and you'll be fine, right? There are, like we said, with personal training and how each client's different, you know, then take that across society and say, okay, how many different, you know, the human body is incredible. It's an amazing kind of, that it doesn't break down more often, but when you have, you know, 330 million Americans, of course, there's going to be all different types of bodies and limitations and injuries and illnesses and things that kind of pop up that, you know, it's really, really hard to do. And so, um, you know, that's why I think it, it's a massive, massive industry, but it's a really, really tricky one. It really, and you're right. If it was an easy fix, it already been fixed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are coming close to the end of the show. And these are the seven or eight questions I ask all my guests. I'd like to get your uh, input and your perspective on these questions. Sure. Uh, with the increase in people suffering from depression from the uncertainty that we've lived over the last two years, what would be the one thing that you could help them, that you could tell them to keep their hopes up? Yeah, I, I think fundamentally you're not alone, right? And it's really easy when you go through um, bouts of depression to feel like you're alone, right? And there's nobody out there for you. And um, you know, I think the number one thing is is to understand that you're not alone, and that there's a lot of people who have dealt with this. And I think one of the positive trends that we've seen is people be more upfront talking about this, right? It used to be taboo where no one would would share it, and so you'd think that you're the only you know you're the only person out there. Right. And that something's got to be wrong with you. And now people are kind of almost voluntarily raising their hands and saying, no, that, that that's me too. Right. And, and this is actually far more normal than possible. So I think fundamentally is, is, is you're not alone and, um, and, and to seek help, right. Seek different outlets and, and, and to make sure that um, you, you don't throw in the towel and you don't give up hope because there's a lot of really good things out there. And you just kind of, kind of fight through that and, and find different ways, whether that's through exercise or that's through talking to a therapist, whether that's, um, you know, meditation. I mean, there's so many different, um, whether that's medicine, but you know, whatever that might be, um, would be, would be my message. Uh, what's the one thing that you do daily that amplifies your ability to stay focused? Yeah, for me, it's working out. Right. And, and it, the days that I don't get to work out, I immediately feel distracted. I feel anxious. I feel, um, I know that I'm a far less nice person. And so for me, it's, it's working out and, you know, that can be going for a two mile walk that can go, that can be a hit workout. That can be a boxing workout. Like that's going to take different forms, but, um, it's just that release of, of energy that I need. You could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old. What would you tell yourself? That's a great question. Yeah, I think I, I think it's uh, to dream big that you can do a, like you can surprise yourself with what you can do, and that um, it sometimes feels like there's lots of limitations. But and as cheesy as this sounds, when there's a will, there's a way, right? Like if you actually want something, you'll figure it out, right? You might not get it the first try, you might not get it the second, third, fourth try, right? But you know, don't just sell yourself short or lower your dreams because you don't think you can do it. You actually, I think, will surprise yourself that you can do it. It just might be a, a bit of a curvy road to get there. Uh, looking back, would you change anything? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I think um, 
if you're being honest, you always, you know, you always have something that you'd like to do more or less of um, and, and try different things. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's like one thing in my life where I'm like, oh man, I really, really regret this. Or I really, really screwed this thing up. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, looking back, it's, it's, I, I generally think that people will regret the things they didn't do more than the things they did do. Right. And so I think it's, you know, taking advantage of, you know, being able to go abroad and take a trip, right? I think it's taking advantage of time with your elders, right? And time with your grandparents. And um, because unfortunately you're going to get to a point where you don't have any more grandparents, right? Or, and, and that's the same with your parents, right? And, you, you know, you're going to wish that you had that person that you could call and that, you know, and, and those stories. And so I think everything you can do to, to maximize the time with the people that you love and that you care about, is always a good, you know, always a good choice. And, and that comes even like, you know, a Friday night when you're exhausted from work and you just want to stay in and, but you got a best friend in town or you've got, you know, your brother in town for the you know first time in a while. Like, I, I think that like looking back, I, I would say like take those times because those are far more limited than, than you actually think. And I, I, you know, I certainly don't regret any time I, I took advantage of those. Um, what scares you? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think it's, it, it's the unknown. It's doing things that you haven't done before, right? Like, um, I, I did a half marathon last year and like I said, I'm not a runner. I'm don't like running particularly. I'm not a good runner. Um, and it was scary, right? It was like so much so that even with training, you're like, I, I don't even know if I can do eight miles, let alone 13.1. Right. And so I think it's, it's the unknown and, and it's not always like physical, right? It's everything, whether that's learning a new language, whether that's going to a networking event where you don't know anybody, whether that's, um, you know, going in and talking to an investor that you, that you really respect and you don't know. So I think it's just the unknown. And again, ultimately what I found is sometimes those very uncomfortable moments are some of your better moments and you actually grow from those a lot. Where do you see hip train in the next five years? Yeah, I think HipTrain will, will, will be a platform that is known across the world and will have millions of people who are better in themselves through exercise, through nutritional coaching, through, um, you know, preventative exercises uh, for injury. Uh, and I think we'll be just known as a, a very innovative model that connected to humans to accomplish their goals. And I think that that's really, when we strip everything away from what we want to hit train, it's exactly that. It's, we want to connect two human beings. And as the world gets more into AI and gets more into computers and data and all of that, like we think that's great, but we still believe that there's nothing that substitutes that personal connection, that relationship. And so I think that hip train in five years will be known as the place that really bet on humans and really bet on relationships and continues to bet on relationships and continues to bet on humans. And we may augment some of that with data and AI and all of that good stuff. But at the very core of our model, we want to be known as, as the place that really bet on humans. Uh, what about you personally? Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Old. Uh, <laughs> probably less hair or gray hair. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good question. I think that, um, you know, hopefully I, I am, am better in every arena, right? I think that I have always tried to have a, a growth mindset of, you know, um, how do I be a better manager, right? How do I be a better son? How do I be a better brother? How do I be a better friend? How do I be a better partner? Uh, and 
you know, I think that, um, you know, in five years, I hope that I've, I've kind of taken steps in all of those things. And I think that like, there's always some things that, that are on your to-do list that you really, you put off for a really long time, right? That could be learning a language, uh, learning guitar. And I think for me, one of those things is writing a book. Uh, it's something I, I really enjoy reading personally. And I've kind of always said that I would really, really love to write a book and not, not so much for commercial purposes. I don't care if anybody buys it, right? Hopefully my mom will buy a copy and at least <laughs> I'll have one book sold. But I think just the process and again, the accountability and consistency of writing a book and finishing a book and publishing a book is something that I, I've always really wanted to do. And I hope that I can get that done in the next five years. Uh, where can people find more about you? Sure. Yeah, you can um, certainly come to, to hiptrain.com, just H-I-P-T-R-A-I-N.com. Um, we're on social media, so um, you can look at us there. And, um, you know, you can certainly find me personally on, on LinkedIn. And I'm always happy, you know, even if you have a question around personal training, if you have a question about something that I said not at all related uh, to personal training, I'm, I am um, always here to help. And I, I truly mean that. And so even if it's just talking about something or helping you find a, a way or, you know, if you want to work out with me and it's just the two of us and you, and you want to jump on a call and I'm, I'm happy to do that. And um, I'd be, I'd be honored for that. Awesome. And we will post uh, all the links that you gave us with the right. show notes below. So everybody has access to you and hip train as well. Yeah. Great. And, and yeah, please uh, reach out, take advantage of the free week and, um, you know, give it a shot. And, and even if you've never had a personal trainer, ever thought you could have one or wanted one, um, you know, at least you can make an informed opinion after you give it a shot. And um, we hope that you'll like it and we, we feel confident that you will. But if you don't, uh, you can at least get a couple free workouts in. Uh, great, great. Um, any final thoughts? No, I, I really appreciate it, John. And I think that what you're doing for folks is, is, is really important, right? And I think that um, you know, I'm honored to, to be a, a guest on the show. And, and, uh, like I said, I think that for everybody listening, uh, hang in there, right. It, 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 we will all go through the peaks and the valleys, uh, of life. And so whether you find yourself on a peak or whether you find yourself in a valley, um, you know, it, it, hang in there, right. Hang in there and enjoy the really good times and kind of push through the bad times. And, um, you know, like I said, if I can be of any help, uh, please reach out. Um, Joshua, thank you so much for coming on the show. Sure. Um, I mean, when I found out about hip training and I saw the price for it, I was blown away because uh, it honestly is the most affordable thing that you can do for to hire a professional personal trainer yeah. at your side because we usually go anywhere between 500 to a thousand dollars and some yeah. even more per yeah. month for to get yeah. a personal trainer for seven bucks is to be honest with you, it's a no-brainer yeah. so to, for you to be able to make that available for just the regular joe i mean thank you so much for that yeah uh, well i appreciate that and uh i hope that you come on and i hope that you uh will try it out too john and uh but yeah i mean really that is that's our whole mission, right? Our, our, our mission is very simple. It's to make personalized wellness more affordable, more fun, more convenient. Uh, and so everything that we can do, and, and this is just the start, right? We're, we're, we're in inning one of, of where we want to build and we want to continue to build these services. We want to build out, um, you know, how, how we can help people. And um, we're really, you know, when we wake up in the morning and we go to sleep very late at night, the thing that motivates us day in and day out is, is being able to do this. And uh, we're really appreciative of, 
of you for having us on. And we're really appreciative of our, of our trainers and our members who have kind of all bought into this and, and been really critical members of the family. Awesome. And um, I probably will. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say like probably I, will. If, if, if not, I, I have your email address. So I will just, I'll be your accountability partner and you may get an email every Monday or uh, I'll check in and I'll when get I you When I say there. I probably will, expect, <laughs> expect to see my name on your, on your sheet. All right, there. all right. <laughs> if not, I'll, I'll, I'll post on the YouTube channel or I'll put, you know, I'll put in the show, I'll, I'll get into the show notes somehow and I'll, I'll give everybody an update. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that means i'm doing it yeah <laughs> i told you there's something really powerful of just saying it out loud that i'm going to do it and then you kind of say well all my guests heard it i've got to do it and i've got to like uh it's, i gotta own up to it now it's out in the ether i'm doing it i'm doing it uh so going through hard times is just a test what you need to know is that when you are getting out when when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or a good night wherever you may be in this crazy world. Hey guys, John from Resilient Rubu Productions and the Fitness Oracle. Uh, thank you so much for watching this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell and share if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble. Um, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast Breaker, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or whatever streaming service that you are using, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review as it will help us reach out reach out to more people that are suffering from mental health issues. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to the Band of Brothers. Over the years, we have discovered a system to help men, to help men regain their confidence who, because of a world that has become so fast-paced and the requirement of simply being a provider has changed men and have lost, and we have lost our place in this world. We've put together a group of men that are here to support your journey, showing you how easy it really is by implementing simple everyday actions that take little to no time out of your day. All you have to do is just click the link below to get a one-on-one -on -one call with me so we can identify your issue and how we can best serve you with these calls. I hope to see you and I'll, I hope to see you on the call and I'll see you guys soon.